Welcome back to the basement, everyone. I hope you survived Kanye West's Twitter storm uh, this afternoon. I'm taping this Thursday evening, or sorry, Wednesday evening, uh, down here in the basement. Uh, you're now tuning in to Chunking Glass of the Podcast yet again this week. If you're paying attention, this is the second podcast this week. This is how we're going to roll going forward this year. You get two a week. So for new listeners, how this works, um, twice a week now. We get people to come down in the basement, hang out, talking to a microphone about some music news, uh, an album that might be getting some heat. Uh, we review that, and then a song we like, and we play that for you and give it to you uh, through your podcast delivery device of choice and uh, and do it all for your enjoyment. Uh, that is that is the whole podcast in a nutshell. There are some interviews. You can dig back 2015. We had a lot of good ones. We haven't quite kicked those back up this year, but uh, but they're coming. Don't worry, they're coming. Um, this week, your podcast is going to be uh, Glenn Fry, he who passed away, lead guitarist and some say the leader of the Eagles. Uh, he passed away last week. Made me very sad. I've been a lifelong fan of the Eagles. Uh, am not ashamed to admit that. Uh, that's what happens when you grow up in the South, or uh, I think really America. You might be in denial of that, but I think that's what happens. Uh, so... Uh, we're going to talk a little about that, a little bit about the uh, misplaced hatred for the Eagles uh, in Glenn Fry's obituary, and uh, hopefully make the case for why you should revisit their uh, their entire c- catalog to maybe celebrate it one day. Uh, also, Benji Hughes is back with, a, to my mind, a fantastic new album. Uh, it's called Songs in the Key of Animals. A little play on uh, on Stevie Wonder there. Uh, you know, he's, he's reaching for heights. Uh, it is his first album on Merge Records, and, yeah, maybe he gets there. If tune in and find out. See what Eduardo and Paul think. I think I just spoil what I think. Uh, and, th- and then you're gonna um, hear a little song by a guy named Galapagos. Uh, you know, we play songs from stuff we generally like. We get a lot of submissions. This was one that just sort of came in, uh, started rising up in Eduardo's heat index, and uh, so he's gonna tell you all about that at the back end of the podcast. Uh, so that is your podcast for this week. Right now, I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, here you go. This is episode number 152 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, where we're reviewing the new album for Benji Hughes, Songs in the Key of Animals. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man. Merely a two-word review. It just a shit sandwich. And I will roll the record up and then it Still here. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to like make these transitions seamless to be like, no, we don't tape a bunch of these at once, but but that's the case right now. You could start by not mentioning that we're taping a bunch of them at once. I mean, look, that's the obvious <laughs> answer. We've known each other a long time. Am I am I going to go with the obvious answer? No. Probably not. Probably not. Um so I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast earlier this week. Uh hope you have checked out Khan by now. Uh, that that would be the takeaway from that. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about one Benji Hughes, a guy. Uh, I'll tell tell the story of how I came to this guy uh, when we get into his album talk. 
Um, uh, up front of that, though, uh, we're going to be Glenn Fry uh, of the Eagles passed away earlier this week. It was, uh, I mean, fuck, that was like the, not the third, that was like the fourth celebrity or, or death or whatever. I mean, and I, I said, uh, I think in one of the intros from last week that, you know, yes, this was no Bowie. And, and he wasn't. But um, a, a peculiar thing has happened uh, that everybody seems to be writing about Glenn Fry and or the Eagles in his obituary and, and taking this chance to basically say, ha-ha, <laughs> don't the Eagles suck? Which is, like, I, I think we can talk about without actually proving – laying down any facts right now that may be factually true factually false um <laughs> here's the thing like if you don't know the history of the eagles i'm going to refer you to the documentary that's on netflix right now i think it is called the history of the eagles it is four hours don't watch the second part because that's the health reserver after that point like we're getting into some weird territory uh but basically they were the not pioneers but the uh the uh, carriers of the torch, if you will, of country rock through the 70s and into the early 80s. Uh, you know, Khan wrote the song Eagles, he sampled Hotel California. One of the, if not the most ubiquitous classic rock radio hits, like, ever. Is that? I, I think I've said on this podcast before that um, it's actually a theory that my brother has that there's um, somewhere in Brazil – there is always a radio station playing Hotel California 24 <laughs> hours a day in perpetuity, and that will never – in 100 years, that will still be true. So, And, and, and that, that sort of speaks to my point. Uh, it's not just that they're everywhere. They're everywhere for a reason. You know, If you look at all the work that they put into making their music, uh, you know, they had solid songwriting, solid harmonies, solid playing. So, I mean, they're pop music, to be, to be sure – like you're rolling your eyes a little bit, but Paul, in the, in the context of things, and we're we're gonna get there. Yeah. But, but but they are they at the time they were pop music. They it is, and it's you know they're fine. Yeah. It's not high quality music, but it's not. Stuff but that you, you see, you so so why? Off. So let's talk about that. There, you say they're not high quality music, except uh, as far as like again the the harmonies that they hit, the songs they constructed, they're sort of peerless. And that bears out into like, it depends on what you're talking about with peerless. Like I'm not, I'm not here to disparage, uh, to disparage Glenn Fry's work because I, I've listened to the Eagles plenty. I think like right. everybody else, I probably you're from California. I got, you know, the Eagles' greatest hits from Columbia House back in the day, just yeah. like probably everybody did. Right. But uh, it's, I don't know. It's there's there's nothing that really sticks in your head. They didn't push any boundaries. They just made. No. They made songs that became ubiquitous because they're very catchy. Well, let's talk about when when you bought that Greatest Hits album. Yep. Uh, did they stick in your head then? The It's that the songs themselves do, but that they're not really – once you listen to more music, they're like a gateway, you know? You hear it on the radio. You're like, oh, this is pretty cool. You listen to some yeah. other stuff, and then you actually like get, into the, you get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. And, so it's fine. Like I have nothing against uh -huh. the Eagles, but let's just say that hearing that Glenn Fry died did not have the same effect on me that hearing that David Bowie. Well, died. absolutely, absolutely, so. and, and nobody is arguing that, or actually should. That's not even a question. Like, yeah, I mean, hey, I, hey, I, hey. We, even even forcing the comp is not fair, because right. There's really right. no comp yeah. for Bowie, so it's like if or comp for people dying. 
mean, <laughs> I think. I mean, I think. <laughs> I think the point is like no one is forcing anyone to talk about Glenn Fry right at right. the time of his death. So if you're going to talk about someone who just passed, like it's probably. I was trying to think um, when I was um, g chatting with you, Kevin. Um, about whom this had uh, recently bothered me. And I think it was Robin Williams' death. And I'm not like this huge Robin Williams guy or whatever, but... You are dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire right now. Uh, that's I, I, here I am. There. I am. I'm, I'm working on the accent. And when yeah. I nail that, you guys will all hear it, I promise. Um, no, it, it, you know, there, there are uh, plenty of his movies that, that I saw, uh, you know, when I was the right age to connect with them and to think they yeah. were important and funny and great, et cetera, et cetera. And when he died, to a T, almost everyone... I knew wrote something, you know, their social media posts were basically almost something to the effect of like, even though he hasn't really made a good movie since 1996, I'm right. still saddened by his passing. Right. And that first prefatory clause is completely fucking unnecessary, totally tactless and absolutely heartless. Right. Like it doesn't matter when in a person's biography, they made something that mattered to you. Right. It matters that they did something that, that mattered to you at some point and now they're gone. So if again, because no one is forcing you to talk about Robin Williams or Glenn Fry. If you're going to open your mouth, don't make qualified remarks. Don't shit on them. You know, at least wait a month <laughs> if you're going to do that. Or, or don't. I mean, right. I, I would argue that, I mean, the, the ultimate irony is this coming from, uh, I mean, I on Gchat today, Paul, I said I, I really am starting to fucking hate indie rock. Uh, the irony is that, you know, you're talking about like punk rockers don't like the Eagles, indie rockers don't like the Eagles, except the majority of these people can't play their fucking instruments. <laughs> right. And, you know, and, and that's a real like I, I get and their it. records sound like shit, by and, the way. And they the could, records they could, sound they like could shit. take a page from the Eagles. <laughs> and 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 so, you know, what you're talking about is is a is a group of people who have decided that are they're like Man, this is just the worst of the man keeping you down. At the same time, they're holding up Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, you know, it's all pop, and pop is fine. And uh, the difference is is that what the Eagles did was very much tie into like the zeitgeist at the time and executed on it more flawlessly than almost anybody. Well, frankly, it might come into the old uh, artist versus craftsman debate. Like, I don't think mm. craftsmen ever get enough credit. And in a lot of ways, well, the, it, Eagle, the Eagles were fantastic craftsmen. Yeah, they the, put yeah. together good pop songs. As you said, they, they played their instruments well. They put on a good live show right there. They were never pushing boundaries they weren't what anybody would consider iconoclastic but you know neither, what neither was paul simon neither was bob dylan hold on don't don't wrap <laughs> paul simon into that i am no paul simon wrote for fucking he wrote songs for a living he wrote hits to a, a order said you have to write a song like this you know you know something <laughs> fuck you Grace, <laughs> graceland is better than anything the eagles ever did but no. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> okay. I will go to the mat on that one. We, we found the line, Absolutely. folks, yeah. early in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Three men entered. I guess two were two old. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no I, I, I see your point, Paul, uh, but uh, I just flatly disagree. <laughs> God damn it. I think... Uh, so so let's 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 give the Eagles and I don't want I don't want to damn them with faint praise but um if you like uh if you imagine that whole um uh Canyon 70s LA songwriting mm -hmm. scene as kind of a superhero universe Are you talking about the Laurel Canyon Laurel sound? Can yeah. So or 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 what I want my basement to be 
we're you getting there. Dawes in your basement? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Dawes. <laughs> um, no, maybe, maybe the Eagles weren't like you know. If that's a sort of a superhero universe, maybe the Eagles weren't your favorite, you know, person in that story. But there's a lot of things in that universe that that are important and that mattered and 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 they have a place they have an undeniable yeah. important place they're the great lakes avengers of the uh, music <laughs> <universe>. <laughs> wow i mean no i mean here here's the thing is 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 and it could be an age thing i will give it but uh growing up where i grew up and i'm glad you said gateway because this this type of music was the gateway it's like you know are people bag on the doors now uh, back in the day, the doors were very popular, and they served a very specific purpose. Um, I, you know, for me, the Eagles growing up, were, that was just what we listened to. And we listened to it uh, emulating unconsciously or consciously, you know, these songs that <laughs> they were singing about. Uh, because and, and I think that's it, – it's sort of a, a byway stream where not only were they tapped into stuff – but we were tapped into it and it all just worked and it was a synergy and stuff that definitely fell away in the eighties. I mean, let's, I mean, look, uh, Eagles wrote a lot of bad songs, <laughs> you know, uh, disco strangler should not listen to that song. Should not be on a record. Um, but the ones that they did just flatly, like they've remained like inscrutable now. I mean, they're still hits. Take it easy. Still a hit. Tequila Sunrise, still a hit. Desperado, still a hit. I've, I've like, mentioned- I defy anybody to write a pop song that, that defines longing more than that. And they can't. Paul, <laughs> you're raising your eyebrows. That song is not very good. I'm sorry. Desperado's not very good? No. Well, you're oh, wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how to. It's have you have you listened to it? Yeah, way, way too many times. Oh man, I think I'm out of arguments. You don't that know was, what to say. That was, that was Exhibit A. Is this song? Eduardo just turned bright red. By the way, it's like, what's going on? Uh, yeah. I mean. If so, I'm sorry. If somebody put that song on their album, like right now, I would just laugh. But that's that's the whole point of the Eagles. They, when they existed, they lock into that, and it's why. It, okay, I mean it's fine. Like I said, I I have no ill will towards the Eagles, but I'm not going to pretend that I have some. Some great respect for Desperado. So I think there's a I, I'm, <laughs> to your lady's detriment. You've been you've been out riding fences for so long. <laughs> oh man, this did not go as I planned. R R I P Glenn Fry. I guess. Yeah. Um, Shit. Point is, everybody, uh, stop making fun of the Eagles or keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't be mean to people who've who've died. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. Uh, just don't. Yeah. Wait, let, let mean, me let me ask: How much of the vocal Eagles hate do you think is tied to people really liking the Big Lebowski? A lot. Yeah. In fact, in fact, somebody uh, friends with on Twitter just like DM'd me about this about this, and he was like, "Yeah, but the Eagles." I was like, "Nah, bro." Like, but I mean, I guarantee it's tied to Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, and again, I would encourage you to like actually explore the catalog and not take Jeff Bridges' word for it. In fact, <laughs> Jeff, there's a there's an anecdote where Jeff Bridges uh, ran into Glenn Fry, and Glenn Fry was like, "Hey, man, that's not cool." And Jeff Bridges' exact quote was like, "My anus tightened a little because <laughs> it was a character, and I actually like the Eagles." <laughs> so, um, that's what the dude thinks. Yeah, there was a New Yorker cartoon that ran today. That was uh, it was the dude in the back seat of that cab saying, "Just this one time, you can you can let the Eagles play or something like that." Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Let them play. <laughs> all- it's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, look, that's what it all comes down to. The du- the dude was right about Credence. He was wrong about the Eagles potentially. So. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, look, we're not going to do an entire Eagles podcast. This this sort of was. <laughs> I was hoping we would like maybe convince somebody to. Enjoy the Eagles. Probably they won't. <laughs> From, Paul. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> I don't have anything against the Eagles. I just don't want to hold Desperado up as a great example right there. So what's your favorite Eagles song? Uh, probably uh, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. Nice. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. I Can't Tell You Why. Also good. Uh, you know. I, I like Hotel California. I have yeah. no problem saying that. Yeah. All right. Here, here. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, I just wanted to say that. So it's our podcast. We can do this. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So uh, that's what we did. Uh, let's talk about some Benji Hughes now. Benji Hughes, Freaky Feedback Blues off his second album, uh, Songs in the Key of Animals. Uh, I, told, I told you I'd, I'd let you know how I came to this guy. Back in about 2008-2009, um, Jenny Lewis was touring off of uh, Acid Tongue, played here in D.C. at Six and I, and got this guy, Benji Hughes, who at the time uh, was on his, uh, what was the name of the album? A Love Extreme. Um, was here, and it was basically the best show because we knew what we were getting with Jenny Lewis. And then this freaky ass mother came out and laid down some honest to God, like good soul in a, in a, in a beautiful, if you haven't been to six and I, it's a beautiful venue. Um, little background. He's written some jingles besides these albums. He's written some jingles for Captain Morgan's also music for Eastbound and down and walk hard. I think he was working uh, mm-hmm. with John C. Riley on that. Um, this is first record with Merge Records. Uh, according to him, a good portion of it is on the spot stream of consciousness magic. Uh, you wouldn't know it from listening to it, but uh, Michelle and Digicello. Oh, How Michelle and De- oh yeah, the yeah. Dis- yeah, Michelle. Yeah, and it's Degio not only Cello. playing bass yeah. on a lot, but she's a lot of the female voices you hear. Oh, no kidding. Um, 
it is a we can say this is a fun record, right? It's a groovy, I mean, I mean, look, groovy, look, look, this yeah, is subjective, yeah. but I mean, the intent is fun. Can we start from there? Yeah, it really depends on what you find fun. <laughs> okay, Paul, the place where fun goes to die. Let's start. <laughs> I, I hate to live up to my rep like this, but I think my reaction to this when when I, I was talking to Kevin about it the first time was uh, that it just sounds like a pitch for more soundtrack work right here. Like, yeah. The the songs in and of themselves don't hold any real meaning for me, at least, and I don't see that there's that much to parse with them. They really just sound like things that would be good in the background of a montage scene on a CW show or backgrounding a car commercial or something. And I know, you know, I know he's done jingle work and he's very good at it. Like these these the musical lines get stuck in your head yeah. very quickly. Mm-hmm. You find yourself bopping along to them. It's very effective music. I just don't know if it's all that meaningful. It's so it's really interesting that you um, said that about the CW show, because the, uh, I think the, the first moment, it was probably my third listen of this album um, where it started to click for me was that instrumental song uh, toward the end song for Nancy, where um like my commute, I go through to work, I go through uh, Rock Creek Park. And so I'm driving through this kind of forest and there's this frozen creek on my right because it's been cold as shit. Um, and there's a moment where I look up and I see all these birds like flocking around a tree. And I just had this moment with with that song playing where I thought this could have been a, like a scene in like a minor indie drama or something. With you you the, basically, was, you're, you, you were on one tree hill yeah, and well, you heard the song. Can I, <laughs> shit. Can I, can I be on iZombie? <laughs> I would, I would, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Not, so, not down on the creek? <clears throat> Dawson's Creek? Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, we I'm, all saw where you were going there. I am. If, if Rob Thomas uh, is listening, not the Matchbox 20 guy, but the Veronica Mars guy is listening, uh, I just pitched a scene for iZombie on the CW. So please uh, oh. call me and we'll talk. That's a great show. <laughs> um, but, but no, but I mean, I think, I think there is a cinematic quality to it. I think, I think where the album works for me is when it, gets the, uh, when it starts to get further away from that weird uh, animal bedroom vibe, which the al- which it kicks off with, and it's just a strange, that's just a very strange place to be in of like the sexy zebra and the donkey at the party and the peacocks and like I just I had like a mental barrier there because uh, I love animals, but not in that way. Well, well ben- Benji Hughes would say that we are all animals. I, and and that's his point. I understand that that conceit and the peacocking and that and that the ways that uh, that our mating rituals are, are maybe not that right. different. Um, it's still a weird. It's a weird vibe. It's a weird. It's like a sexual chocolate place to kind of be. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a weird. It's a weird album. That's ultimately, like, I think, what I find myself being drawn to most about it is that it is so unabashedly weird. There are a few times in this record where it comes back down to earth and is is sort of serious. And one of them works, like at the end, uh, and one and a lot of them are like oh, okay. But you know, one thing that. I don't know a lot of albums that have done this. Uh, you know, you, you write songs and you think of people who are, they are the narrator and they're they're giving you their story. Most of this album is replaced by just uh, somebody else, whether it's male or female, it's somebody else like talking. And like Benji Hughes, is, you, you understand that he's there in the background somewhere. Uh, that 
to me is fascinating and speaks to uh, a lot of of what this guy is trying to do and it may tie into like his jingles and his his movie work where he's supposed to disappear and he's presenting this thing essentially like produced by Benji Hughes um i uh yeah i mean to that end it sort of begs the question like do you actually take him seriously in all these like why go to like why just be like it's animal themed he said he said that these are like a bu- these were a bunch of albums and they just sort of started to coalesce and it was and his whole thing in life right now is just to be like you should have fun i mean this album screams that do we agree on that well it it screams that that's what he wants you to take it as yeah but whether you find that fun or not like I don't know. Some of us don't like to be told when to have fun or to <laughs> to have fun because. But do you feel in- like you're being told to have fun on this? A little bit. It's like this is. It's all the signifiers of like this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. That's why I keep going to soundtracks with it. Like yeah. these are the kinds of things that you put on as a musical cue to let people know like this is the fun scene. This is the way you're supposed to be feeling right now. But as music in and of itself, it doesn't work for me because I feel like I'm being manipulated for no greater cause. It's great manipulation. It's not necessarily great song craft. Would, would, would you... Oh, I, I totally disagree. If you're, in, fact, if, in fact, I would flip that. No, no, no. If you're working from an end where the purpose of the song is to make you feel a particular way, not mm-hmm. to communicate something personal, then sure, fine. It's good functional songwriting. It's not necessarily great songwriting. It's craft. It's not art. So, so it's craft versus okay. art. Yeah. So, was that your Eagles point? It was my Eagles point. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing that was in your head. Um, I mean, you know, we we need to preface or or post the uh, those those statements and explain to everybody who hasn't listened to this podcast. You are the black hole where fun goes to die. That <laughs> <laughs> so, it's. That's what I've been told. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes by Kevin only. No, you said the same about <laughs> me. So, so, um, well, well, let's talk about the soundtracking real quick. Uh, no, actually, let's talk about that. But let's play a track real quick. Uh, this is actually my favorite track on the album, uh, and you mentioned it before. Let's talk about some zebras. Yeehaw.
Alright, so Zebra, uh, that, yeah, it sent this to a few people. Um, the way those horns come in, that is, that is very, uh, if you would, if you told me that, that Benji had hired Louis Weeks to come up into the studio with Jonathan Parker and, like, just put this shit together, and and actually the whole crew that Louis works with, it's a very, uh, Weeksian type of jam at the end of that. I think, um, I was just looking at my notes for this album, and, uh, you know, the, again, the further away you get from the way this album starts, where my comments are mostly just, you know, a version of LOL what, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to like, so, so for this song, there's a like horns outro question mark. And then yes, exclamation point. Like, like, I think, I think this album starts to find its footing the further away it gets from this sort of cartoonish animal mm. world a little bit. Um, and I think that song is a great illustration of just how, um, just to, because I think I'm like perfectly positioned between you two guys in terms of how I feel about this. I think these are really uh, like if a song is like uh, a house or something that you're building and you want it to have like a nice foundation and sturdy walls and finishes and all these things that, that you look for. um, I think these are great fucking songs. These are songs that you walk into and like the furniture is where it should be. It's staged perfectly. Like um, I think they're, I think they're really well assembled, really well put together. Um, I don't think they they're um, I don't think it's transcendent songwriting. For sure, I think it's, it's not, I think it's excellent yeah. production. I think it's excellent composition, and I think that it's an album that if I could like remove the three sort of offending tracks that yeah. don't do it for me would would be just a a, a perfect thirty three minute you know pop uh, symphony. Does uh, song for Nancy like? break the spell for you at all i mean i know you're saying like there yeah. there are some that don't but like there, there is a there's in the truest sense of a word whimsy to this album yeah that, that just permeates it is steeped in it but you get to that and it's not it's not even i mean it's a it's a somber tune but the fact that it's named that right right so i, and so I didn't it's, research so clearly, it i don't know what it's about but yeah. it's it's clearly a very emotionally grounded it's not about zebras or shark attacks, right. and it, and it's also a song where like actually it just has a really tasteful groove and vibe, and then not a lot happens. Like he just lets the song kind of right. follow its course, um, and it's longer than most of the. I think it's about five minutes, six minutes, or something. Yeah, um, and that's and so that's when I had my little bird moment in Rock Creek Park, and I thought, okay, this is this is how. This is from this moment, like I could write a script or something like that, just about some person listening to the song at this moment, um, not wanting to wait for their lives to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck man, such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <sighs> teen angst. You know, we're all. You know, Paul, you make it seem like you're really far from teen angst, but I, I know it's in there. Oh, oh, it's in there. <laughs> Start talking about Waxahachie. Like, it turns into a 13-year-old girl. Um, no. Damn, that was uncalled for, man. But it's, it's there's precedent. I'm going to go back and write about that in my journal. <laughs> your, li- your live journal? Live journal. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm not George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> so, uh, Eduardo, what are you, you going to do with this one? Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stream it frequently, uh, loudly. And ideally in an outdoor setting to get people to dance. All right. Paul? I'm going to pass. God. Forever. I mean, 
Can I just do an illustration under that of a, of you, your face in a black <laughs> hole, <laughs> and then fun out here like hitting the event horizon? Can I? No. Hey man, you know, Interstellar taught us you don't know what happens on the other side of a black hole. Man. No, we do. Love science. <laughs> and it's fucking ridiculous. Um, uh, I'm gonna buy it. I am. Uh, I'm embracing fun in albums. I, I don't. I, I by no means think this is a perfect record. I think it is a perfectly fun record. And for what it this is different from the buckets last year, for the purpose it serves, uh I can put it on and, and we'll have fun. And the stuff that I am not gonna you you can tune out parts of it. Yeah. And then you can tune back in. Or you can just you know, sit in front of it and absorb it all. Uh very utilitarian. So um good job, Benji Hughes. Uh there you go. Songs in the keys of key of animals. Okay, so uh, Benji Hughes' songs in the key of animals out. Uh, this will be out the day after this podcast. Hmm. Yeah, so this will be out on a Thursday. You can listen to it on Wednesday. Uh, we will update our links at that point. Uh, as we always do, we like to play a little track at the end of this to tie it all up. Uh, I have been picking them so far this year. Uh, right now, I'm going to toss it over to Eduardo, who... Uh, picked out this one so Eduardo what you got so we have a bit of serendipity here um, we're going to play you the song Salt Lake City by um, Galapagos uh, which is largely driven by the work of Casey Chandler is the person uh, behind that act um, who uh, he lives in Austin um, he, he's very active actually if you uh, I came across them on Spotify this morning and mentioned them to Kevin and Kevin said yeah there's there's actually a bit of a backstory there um uh, they've, they've been active in, in Europe. He was uh, booked on a couple of soundtracks for some Italian films. Um, and this is a really nice song. I've not spent as much time with this album as I'd like to, but I think it's going to be a grower. I think it'll, um, it'll stay with me for a little while. Um, and this song, I think, goes some interesting places. All right. So, uh, Galapagos, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City On the 4th of July The difference is Between you and I Your eyes are cold As the silence grows And everything I can't control and it terrifies me Who do I gotta be? And how do I gotta speak? And what do I gotta compromise To make it all alright? Every little lie 
every single sleepless night And all that you try to hide And so you just get high And tell me to forget that time we made love on the floor And you said that it was everything you wanted and more How do I gotta touch And how do I gotta feel And what do I gotta sacrifice I'd give you go galapagos uh salt lake city that song kind of grabbed me this morning when i was uh drinking my morning coffee and i expect to listen to it a bunch when we're snowed in for the next <laughs> eternity so. i mean and, and we are going to we're, we're taping this right now on the on the eve of well it's not snowmageddon it is what is it well i thought we were going with too fast too furious stole <laughs> that from casey ray sorry there, that's i can't i can't i can't top that i've heard snow v wade I've heard. <laughs> I've heard uh, from Nats fans. I've heard uh, snow and his cespedes. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't Snow v. Wade just be if it turned into rain? Real quick? Yeah. Oh, 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 man. <laughs> there's off color and then there's Paul. <laughs> um, it's officially Jonas though, which is almost worse than all of these. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. How many people have made Weezer jokes about that so far? Lots. Lots, <laughs> yeah. Lots very, very much lots. Uh, well, thank you guys for uh, coming down to the basement uh, this evening. Uh, that is about our podcast for this week. You can, uh, as always, you listen to us in iTunes. You can listen to us in Stitcher. Uh, we will not be on SoundCloud. Um, you should write a review or at least give us a star or send us an email. Uh, all of us have emails of this thing, so if you like – if you like Eduardo's stylings, you want to reach out to him, just reach out. He'll, if you think I'm your gateway. You, you'll email yeah. back, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Paul, you look at me. I won't. No, he won't. 
He won't. <laughs> I, I went through a phase where I was emailing people back actual, like, legitimate musical feedback. Like, if you did this and then this, and, like, 1% of the time that went okay. Well, I got a lot of fuck yous back, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> but you can still email me. Um, yeah, so that's our podcast. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, so as usual, be good to your people. Be better to your ears. Hope you survive just an apocalypse. If you did, you're listening to this now. See you later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>